We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other side of the speaker. I appreciate you tuning in. This episode, of course, is brought to you by Prize Picks. Welcome. Welcome. Come on in. Bring it in nice and tight. Have a seat. Front row. Everybody's got a front row at Striking Gold. Everybody's got a front row seat to the madness. Today, we're going to talk 49ers Eagles. And I got to a point when I was taking notes for this podcast and just looking at statistics, looking at the matchup, looking at this, looking at that. And I finally got to a point where I was like, um, I just I just have to press record because I feel like this matchup's been building up for about a year, you know, ever since the uh, the failed attempt to create an exciting NFC championship game at the hands of Tyler Croft, Hassan Riddick, Brock Purdy and the whole gang. And it's just been something we've all been waiting to see. It has postseason implications. It has seeding implications. It has, you know, a, a preview to the postseason type of things, all sorts of uh, implications. I just was like looking for an excuse to use that word one more time. So I just had like an awkward pause. And then I just said implications, like just blurt it out, dude. Just blurt it out, Rob. Um, so it's there's so much to take in with this matchup. And, and one of the things I ended up realizing looking at these two teams is they're a lot alike, you know, in a lot of ways. There's definitely and obviously ways in which they're different, ways in which the 49ers are better, Eagles are better. Um, but the way that they want to win is 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 similar. But we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Because as I'm saying that, I'm in my head thinking of all the re- things I've been looking at that make them dissimilar. So. We're all over the place. We'll start with the injury report, just seeing where both these teams are. Uh, The 49ers are in a little bit better shape injury-wise. As far as their injury report goes, let me pull it up right here. Oh, you know what? I closed out of my email and had it right in front of me. But more importantly, one of the biggest names on the injury report is defensive tackle Eric Armstead, uh, one of the 49ers' pinnacle defenders, uh, and probably one of those underrated defenders on the defensive line. 
Um, he missed both uh, Tuesday and Wednesday's practice. Excuse me, Wednesday and Thursday's practice, and which is usually a pretty bad sign. But Eric Armstead was interviewed in the locker room uh, after Thursday, and he said he was playing in the game. And that doesn't necessarily always make it true because it's not entirely their decision. A lot of times it does come down to pain management and whether the player feels like he can go or not go. And a veteran like Armstead's really going to know when or not he should play, you know, because there are bigger things at stake than this one game. But if he says he's playing, he's probably playing. So we'll see. Um, he was one of the three players that did not practice on the list as well was running back Jordan Mason, who's dealing with a hamstring, hamstring injury and wide receiver Ray Ray McLeod with a rib injury. I wish that I could speak the English language more fluently right now, but hey, I mean, it's the life of a teacher, man. You talk all day and who knows what kind of product you're bringing home. Like your, your brain is pulled in a million different directions. You know the drill. You've heard me talk about it. Um, guard Spencer Burfer was limited with his knee injury. Now remember the knee injury kept him out of last week's game uh, against the Seahawks, which was on a short week going from a Sunday to a Thursday game, which was played on Thanksgiving. Kyle Shanahan did say before that game that if this game were on a Sunday, he liked Spencer Burford's chances at being able to play. But since he was on a Thursday, since it was on a Thursday, it just wasn't enough time kind of speaks to the insanity that is having NFL players play four games apart. But it's been a week and a half since then. It's been 10 days since then. And I think that Kyle Shanahan is, is, is expecting Spencer Burford to play. And, uh, but I think it's probably safer that I say he's expecting Spencer Burford to be healthy and ready to play. But John Feliciano hasn't been bad in his place. Uh, he looked a little bit better at left guard, but that could have been more of a matchup thing and a game thing. But he hasn't been bad. And Kyle Shanahan did say that they were planning on kind of doing another rotation thing uh, like they did last season. So we'll see. Just because Spencer Burford is healthy doesn't necessarily mean he's going to step right back into the starting lineup. He is the incumbent starter. He has been there since last season, uh, which he showed a lot of promise for a fourth-round rookie. But, you know, if John Feliciano continues to play well, he may earn the lion's share of that rotation snaps, if they do a rotation at all. The Eagles are a little more worse for wear on the injury side of things. Uh, they have a tight end, Grant Calcaterra. Uh, who's not practicing with an ankle defensive tackle Fletcher Cox Cox, a starter is out with a groin injury, did not practice out of practice. He hasn't been ruled out of the game yet, but according to the old rap sheet, Ian Rappaport today, it's not looking good for Fletcher Cox. Uh, linebacker Zach Cunningham is, is not practicing with a hamstring injury. Safety, Justin Evans, a knee and tight end Dallas Goddard, who's obviously out for, I thought he was out for the season, but maybe he's not quite out for the season. Um, if he's still on the injury report, then I'm assuming they did not put him on injured reserve. Wide receiver A.J. Brown is limited with a thigh. I'm assuming, one, I'm very sure he's going to play, and I'm assuming they're just kind of resting and nursing him through practice, uh, given the Eagles have just gone through the gauntlet out of the late. Defensive tackle Jordan Davis, limited hamstring. Wide receiver Julio Jones, knee, limited. Full participants is tackle Lane Johnson, a, a key starter for them. He is going to uh, he's going to be playing. He's in at full practice with uh, recovering from a groin injury. Devontae Smith, um, full practice from a knee. DeAndre Swift, full practice from an ankle, and defensive tackle Milton Williams, full practice from a concussion. So, a lot of names on the injuries on the injury report for the Eagles. 
the most important of that group, the most, I guess you could say the most uh, noteworthy of that group is, is Fletcher Cox, defensive tackle, who has not practiced this week, left the Bills game early due to a groin injury and uh, is not considered likely to play. So we'll see. All right, so before we get into the uh, the nitty-gritty, somebody tell me what that's from. I want to get down to the nitty-gritty. Who is this Encarnacion? Anyways, before we get into the, the, the nuts and bolts of the 49ers versus the Eagles and just kind of talk our way through it from stats to just kind of my general thoughts about things and how the matchup pans out, I even listed out kind of the general concerns for both teams. But before we get into that, I just got to kind of like preface the rest of this podcast by saying like, what's the best way to put this? Because I mean, you guys, if you're listening right now, you've probably been listening for a while and you probably know that at no point do I ever really dig into this team unjustifiably, I guess is the best way to say it. And that doesn't even sound great. I think the 49ers are a very good team. They might be the best team in the NFL, especially when they're healthy. But to me right now, they haven't earned, to me, they have not earned the right to all of the confidence they're being given against a team like the Eagles. And I'm not just talking about the fact that they're favored by three points, which is pretty insane going up against a 10-1 and team on the road. But it's more of just this general outlook that the 49ers have done what they need to do to to beat the Eagles. And I do think the 49ers have the talent to beat the Eagles, but I just don't feel like they deserve the nod yet. You know, like they don't deserve the respect yet, in my opinion. Like you have, you're talking about a team that is insanely talented. Like I just said, might be the most talented team in the NFL. But you're also talking about the same team that decided they'd won the regular season after a week five, 42 to 10 win over the Cowboys and then proceeded to rattle off three straight losses where they scored 17 points in each one and looked pretty horrible in the process. Like, I'm sorry, but that was not that long ago. The 49ers have only won three games since they lost three in a row over the last six weeks. They're three and three. You know, if you want to find us a, a, a nifty way to put it. I just I don't think the 49ers have done enough for me to say, yeah, you can you'll, you'll go across across the country into what's likely to be shitty weather against a team that has proven to be probably the scrappiest and toughest team in the NFL. Yeah, you 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 go beat them. I got you. I I think you're gonna win it. And and again, I'm not even saying the 49ers aren't gonna win it, but the amount of confidence being exuded in a team that just a couple weeks ago admitted that they let their foot off the gas and just started getting beat by not random NFL teams, but you know, the Browns loss has aged well, given how good that defense is. And it still isn't an excuse. I mean, you got torn apart by the Vikings and then the Bengals made you look silly, you know, and you can count on that, that not happening again because Joe Burrow's out for the season, but it, it it's just crazy to me that this team and, and those who follow it ha- are giving them so much confidence against what might be the best team in the NFL, or we could pretty comfortably say is currently the best team in the NFL, especially after the Eagles' last three or four games. And there are tons of other factors in here. The 49ers are getting a significant rest advantage, three extra days. 
They're also not coming off a stretch that the Eagles have come off of. If you go look at, at the Eagles schedule, which I had pulled up here. Is it over here? Yep, there it is. Bringing it over to the primary monitor. Dual monitor setup. Sorry, folks. The, the, the Eagles just beat the Buffalo Bills in overtime. Before that, they went into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. And before that, they beat the Cowboys. And before that, they beat the Commanders. I wouldn't think that was in overtime, too. No, I mean, it doesn't say overtime right here, so I guess it wasn't. That was the first time they played them. Crazy that both times they played the Commanders, they were both an absolute scrap. Kyle Shanahan needs to call Ron Rivera and be like, hey, what are you doing? But my point being is that the Eagles have done everything they need to do to earn everyone's confidence. They have proven without a shadow of a doubt that they can go on the road or at home and win tough games that they've got to win. Now, yes, of course, during this time, there were several weaknesses shown, you know, that the Eagles are, you know, this is a problem. This is a problem. Teams are getting after them like this. You know, if you want to go back and look at that game, you're looking at Josh Allen throwing for throwing 51 passes and completing 29 of them, which is not great. But of course they showed weaknesses during that time, but they almost, they also showed what might be the greatest strength in the NFL. And that's to always find a way. They, you know, even Jalen Hurts said in his press conference after the Bills game, we always find a way. That's something he said, we always find a way. That's something you can't take for granted, and it's hard to quantify. And I cannot agree with him more. And uh, the amount of confidence being thrown the 49ers way is almost disrespectful in a way to me because I don't feel the 49ers have proven themselves in the same way the Ingles have. When was the last time the 49ers got into a scrap with one of the best teams in the NFL, were down at halftime, maybe even down in the fourth quarter, and then came back and won? Now, it's a good thing the 49ers just kind of kicked people's ass. Like, they could have had a game like that against the Cowboys, but they decided to beat them 42-10. to 10. You know, so I'm, it's not necessarily a bad thing since the 49ers haven't been in those games. They could have had one against Jacksonville. But instead, they beat them 34-3. to 3. You know what I mean? So that's a good thing. But the Eagles have shown that, yeah, we're we're in close games that maybe you prefer not to be close, but we will find a way to win. And it almost seems like the Eagles will find a way to win no matter what the game is like. You know, they're not going to allow the 49ers to get out to anything sort of a 34-3 to lead, or at least that's what they've shown us up until this point. The 49ers are favored by three points on a road game going into the Eagles. Now, that's not that hard to fathom. When you think about the rest advantage and what the Eagles have gone through over the past three weeks when it comes to their schedule, you know, they had to, they had to go the ringer with Kansas city and Kansas city. The chiefs probably should have beat the Eagles. When you look at that game and how many passes were dropped, then you look at the Buffalo bills and there were a lot of questionable calls. There were a lot of, you know, plays that could have gone either way that went, um, and went the Eagles way, including, a, a, I mean, this is just badass, though. A 59-yard field goal in the rain and wind to send the game into overtime? Like, damn, come on. I think the Bills and Josh Allen and Gabe Davis had some sort of miscommunication, and he was wide open, and it would have put the game away, and they didn't hit it. So all these things are happening. The Eagles kind of have that luck that we're used to seeing the Seahawks have. But they still find a way in tough games, and I just think that that earns a little bit more respect than I think a lot of people are kind of letting it roll off their shoulder. Like, oh, yeah, the Eagles have won close games. Well, they shouldn't have been close. You know, well, yeah, but they were close. 
and to be able to prove your metal at a place like like in Arrowhead Stadium, like damn, going into Arrowhead and beating the Chiefs, that's tough. And I just don't think I don't think the 49ers have have shown themselves of winning that type of game yet. And I understand that may be a little bit of harsh. I know you guys might be sitting on the other side of the speaker going, hey, what the hell, Rob? What the 49ers do to you, bro? Why are you disrespecting them? But it's just a matter of like what the Eagles have shown me is freaking impressive. And what the 49ers showed me is impressive at times, but also mind boggling at times. Like, what do you mean you took your foot off the gas? Are you not in a competition to get the first seed and a first round buy in the playoffs and home field advantage? Excuse me. I thought we were Super Bowl contenders around these parts. And I thought we would have that mindset throughout the entire season. The Eagles seem like they have that mindset, and that's why they've built a two-game lead on the 49ers. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, the 49ers perplexed me for a little while. Like, you had veteran players openly admitting that they took their foot off the gas. Which is like, to me, just like, I'm like, what? Like, my eyes are wide right now. Like, what do you mean? You guys, uh, you've been at this for a while and you've gotten close so many times. How do you not understand the value of a first round buy in the playoffs? Especially now when only one team gets it. You know, it's it's wild to me. So to me, until they go into Seattle, or excuse me, into into the different bird, my bad. Until they go into Philadelphia and and put it down and walk out of there with a win, then I'm not giving them any 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 flowers against the Eagles? Not yet. You show me you can beat a team that tough, whether it's convincing or not, whether it's close or a blowout, I don't care. You know, a blowout wouldn't even necessarily surprise me given what the Eagles have gone through over the last two or three weeks. But it's just, it's it's a little perplexing to me to see how many people have shown so much confidence in a 49ers team that has shown nothing even remotely close to what the Eagles have shown. Now, again, you're also looking at the fact that the 49ers in their wins have been winning much more convincingly. If the Eagles played the Jaguars, would they beat them 34 to 0? They've played the Cowboys and they didn't beat them 42 to 10. I can tell you that much. They beat them 28 to 3. So the, it's not all sunshine and rainbows for me and the Eagles. I just think they're a hell of a team. They're very good. They can beat you in multiple ways and they've got the tough factor. They've got that we will find a way. So the 49ers have got to find a way. Let's keep going. Let's go through. I usually do this every week leading up to the game. The basic stat comparisons between the two teams. I think it just paints a nice, it's kind of like the tail of the tape, if you will. Bum, 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 bum. You know, that's that's silly UFC music they they play. Uh, I'm going to take a quick drink of diet green tea citrus flavor with natural flavors from Kirkland. Thank you for, for waiting. All right. So. On offense, in the past game, the Eagles ranked 10th in the NFL in completion percentage. The 49ers are second. Brock Purdy currently has a 69.9% completion percentage, which is nice. Yards per attempt, the Eagles ranked 7th, the 49ers are 1st. Passing yards, the Eagles are 12th, the 49ers are 9th. A little closer in that department. Touchdowns, the Eagles are 13th, the 49ers are 10th. Um, Interceptions thrown, the Eagles are 24th. The 49ers are sixth. Bit of a difference there. Uh, passer rating. The Eagles are 11th. The 49ers are first. First down percentage. The 49ers, or the Eagles are 10th. The 49ers are first. 
Um, 20 plus yard gains. The Eagles are 11th. The 49ers are fourth and the number of sacks taken. The Eagles are 20th and the 49ers are fifth. So in almost every single basic statistical category, the 49ers are a better offense than the Eagles in some ways, significantly better. So that's an interesting thing, you know, especially when you consider what Jalen Hurts adds on the ground. I mean, but this is passing, so let's get to the rushing. Yards per carry. The Eagles are 17th. The 49ers are 9th. Total touchdowns. The Eagles are 4th. The 49ers are 3rd. That is where you get to the Jalen Hurts effect. The Eagles are 4th in the NFL in rushing touchdowns. Again, the 49ers are 3rd. But if you go to Jalen Hurts' stats, that man has thrown for 10 touchdowns and where are his, excuse me, 18 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. That's a lot of interceptions. But he's also, um, oh, I have to scroll down even further to see his rushing. Why don't they just put it all in the same deal? Jalen Hurts, these are running back numbers. 114 carries for 410 yards. Sheesh. He's also gotten into the end zone 11 times. I'm going to repeat that. Jalen Hurts, the quarterback, has 114 rushes for 410 yards. That's 3.6 yards a pop. That's respectable. But he's also gotten into the end zone 11 times. Now, yeah, you've got the tush bush. You've got some, you know, some, some gadget plays here and there. But there is no universe where that is not impressive. In terms of 20-plus yard gains on the ground, the Eagles are 7th. The 49ers are 21st. So the Eagles are much better than the 49ers at creating explosive plays on the ground. First down percentages for gaining a first down through a carry, the Eagles are second and the 49ers are fifth. So that one most glaring statistic that stands out is explosive plays on the ground. The Eagles are very good in that department, whereas the 49ers, not so much. Not so much. Okay, let's wander over to the defensive side of the ball. So now you're talking defensive statistics and how you rank lower numbers are better, you know, that sort of thing. In terms of completion percentages allowed, the Eagles are 15th, the 49ers are 21st. Not a great stat for either defenses. Um, Yards per attempt, the Eagles are 10th, the 49ers are 4th. So what's crazy is, what those two stats tell you right there is that the 49ers give up a lot of passes, but they don't give up big passes. The Eagles give up more big passes than the 49ers do. So the 49ers are allowing a high completion percentages, but those attempts are not traveling very far down the field. Total yards through the air. The Eagles are 28th, one of the worst teams in the NFL. The 49ers are 11. Touchdowns through the air. The Eagles are 30th, two spots removed from the worst in the NFL. The 49ers are 5th. Interceptions, meaning how many interceptions the defensives has got. The, the Eagles are 27th in the NFL. The 49ers, 1st. First down percentages allowed through the air. The Eagles are 20th. The 49ers are third. Again, lending a little bit more gravity to the fact that 49ers, they give up some passes, but they're not deep passes. And they don't even get first downs often. Total sacks as a defense, the, the Eagles rank 14th and the 49ers rank 10th. So a little similar there. Rushing defenses, yards per carry. Eagles are 12th, 49ers 10th. Both of them hovering right around four yards per carry. Touchdowns allowed on the ground. The Eagles are fourth. 49ers are fifth right next to each other. First down percentages. The Eagles are 20th. The 49ers are 31st, allowing a first down on 28.4% of runs. 
but not a great stat for the 49ers in terms of first down percentages on the ground allowed as a defense. But let's take a step back there. If you're looking for a very stark difference, here's where they are. Total passing yards allowed. Eagles ranked 28th. Passing touchdowns allowed. The Eagles ranked 30th. Interceptions um, reeled in. The Eagles ranked 27th. So you're looking at a, a defense that is very susceptible through the air. Now, it's not that Darius Slay and James Bradbury are bad. Debo thinks James Bradbury is bad. But James Bradbury just last week against the Eagles. Now, that was a big game. Again, Josh Allen threw the ball 51 times. But James Bradbury also in that process, he did give up a touchdown. But he also had an interception and he had five pass breakups. Five. That's intense. Now, will he have five pass breakups against the 49ers? I don't think so. Because I think the 49ers receivers are far and away better than the Bills receivers. And yeah, I understand that the Bills have Stephon Diggs, but you also have that weird connection between him and Allen. They're always pissed off. They're always emotional. And then after Stephon Diggs, you've got like Gabe Davis. It, it just and They don't compare to what the 49ers are doing through the air, especially when you throw in Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle. So you're looking at an Eagles defense that is fairly susceptible in the air. Here's my ultimate dot, dot, dot. As long as the offensive line gives them time. And that is where you will find one of the biggest, I don't know, concerns for the 49ers, but I'm going to get into that later. Now, now you're just starting to look at this matchup and you're like, what are we looking at here? What needs to happen for the 49ers for them to win? And to me, as obvious as it may be, to me, if Brock Purdy plays well, the 49ers will win. That's it. I'm kind of already expecting a defense that's game, that's ready, that's down, you know, that's going to perform up to a certain level. Now, it's not that we haven't seen that defense give, get gashed before, and they're going to be met with some very, very, very good receivers, one of the best receiving cores in the NFL in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. But to me, it all comes down to Brock Purdy. And I'm not just saying that because the last time he was in Philly, you know, he this is this is a place where he suffered this first ever career season season ending injury. But you know, in Philadelphia, in front of that crowd, in that same place, Brock Purdy goes in there and balls out. And he's the reason the 49ers win, which I kind of think he will be. If he balls out, you know, because quarterbacks can have great games. Prime example, Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl. Had a phenomenal game, and they lost. Let me go look. Let me go digging. Okay, 2022 postseason, Chiefs and Eagles. Chiefs won 38-35. Jalen Hurts' stat line in that game was 27 of 38, which is 71%, for 304 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, a 103.4 rating. And he also had 15 carries for 70 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. Very similar game to the way he played against the Bills with an added touchdown through the air. I think it was flipped, actually. I think he had three in the air and two on the ground. But in, in you know that is a prime example of, of a quarterback playing perfectly well and, and the team still not winning. Now, at the same, what I'm saying here is I think if Purdy plays well, Crazy that the Seahawks are beating the Cowboys right now. 28-27 at this time. 
Rod Purdy goes in there and plays well. I think the 49ers win. Not only I think the 49ers win, but I think they win convincingly. And I think that Purdy starts getting some legitimate MVP consideration. I think right now he's like sixth somewhere around there, which is kind of wild. Let's go look at him right now. Let's go look at him. Let's have MVP odds in NFL. Google. Okay. Uh, Vegas Insider. This going to get weird. Okay. No. Rod Purdy. You know what? Okay. Here is your disrespect right here. Here is your fucking disrespect for you. Jalen Hurts is first. Patrick Mahomes is second. Lamar Jackson is third. Dak Prescott fourth. Tua Tagovailoa is fifth. Brock Purdy is sixth. He is the only quarterback in the top six that does not have a picture. They haven't even bothered to put Brock Purdy's picture in here on the Vegas Insider website. Like, that's some. If, if Purdy was a first-round pick or a top-ten pick and he was playing like how he's playing, I think he's probably in top three in MVP odds. But because he was the last pick and nobody's, everybody's going to keep moving the goalpost as to what you're sold on you know, or what Brock Purdy has to do to, in order to be sold, they don't even have his fucking picture in here. My goodness. Geno Smith just threw an interception to Deron Bland. Was it for six? No, no, it wasn't. Go Bulldogs, by the way. Not that I'm, you know, I don't, I don't think it, I think we, the 49ers would rather see the Cowboys lose to the Seahawks at this point, just to kind of give them some seating cushion. But the Cowboys are in that weird position though, where they, they can't really get, they can't really threaten the 49ers for seating because they're second in their division all the time. But yeah, apparently Geno Smith just threw an interception to Deron Bland. That guy is, I know he's like statistically, he's not even playing that great, but the fact that he set an NFL record for pick sixes in a season, is just insane. And he came from Fresno state. Let's go Bulldogs who finished the season off terribly. All right. So Purdy is sixth. And then Christian McCaffrey's down there a few more spots at night. How is Christian McCaffrey? behind Trevor Lawrence and Josh Allen for MVP odds. Like, I understand he's a running back. And why is Tyreek Hill so far down here? Like, it's so weird. Trevor Lawrence shouldn't even be on this chart. CJ Stroud, I I respect that. He's having a pretty good season. Josh Allen's up and down, up and down. He's like a roller coaster. But, like, the fact that Trevor Lawrence is even on here and Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill are way down here just shows you how heavy quarterbacking is his favorite. It's weird. It's weird. Anyway, so I think if Brock Purdy goes into Philadelphia it would and, and balls out, that means the offensive line had their shit together and or Purdy was just creating magic with, with his mobility and carved up an Eagles secondary that isn't that great, especially, you know, in the center of the defense where Brock Purdy likes to throw. I think both Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel can beat their respective DBs, being James Bradbury and Darius Slay. So I think this is very, 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 very much a Brock Purdy game. And this is a huge moment for him. And again, I think he's already way beyond the goalpost as to what he's needed to do to prove that he's legit. I think he's already done that many times over. I think Brock Purdy is what it is at this point. He's good. Okay, we can. That doesn't mean that he's immune to bad games. It just means that he's good. But a win in Philadelphia after what happened last year that, you know, something that stewed in his mind for about 10 months, whatever it's been. It's a big game for Brock Purdy more than any other element of, of either team on the field. It's, it's the, it's a big game for Brock Purdy, I think. And the problem is we're going to take a, a more 
accurate look at it. Problem is right now, there is a good chance that it may be raining for some of that football game. I don't think it'll be raining for all of that football game, but there's a good chance that rain is going to be a part of this equation. And we already know that Brock Purdy with a little bit smaller hand size, he already looked like the rain that he encountered in Cleveland was affecting the way he threw the ball significantly. And and I think that's fair of any quarterback that's going to be throwing in the rain. It's going to affect you significantly. But, you know, for Purdy, it seemed a little bit more extreme. Let's uh, Lincoln Financial Field weather. I should have Googled all this before, but I can only have, you know, I can only think of so many things to Google. I can only have so many tabs open. Let's do a tab count right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Sixteen tabs open right now. Let's go to the daily weather and AccuWeather. We're looking up the the weather for Lincoln Financial Field. Sunday, a seventy five percent chance, cloudy with a little rain, mainly later. A rain jacket may be needed for the football game. They fucking put it in the weather. A rain jacket may be needed for the football game. So, just one more, you know, little sprinkle of something to throw on top of this game. Just letting you know, okay? And I think the rain changes everything in this game. I mean, it changes the way Brock Purdy plays. It changes the way the offensive line can run block. It changes the way running backs can cut up field. It changes the way defensive linemen can get pressure on the quarterback. It, it just changes everything. And I'm not trying to be dramatic about a little weather, especially when it comes to football and the fact that they kind of play in everything but lightning. But it, it just changes so much about this game. And I think, if if anything, the 40, given how much shit the 49ers wide receivers have talked and the things that they have said, I think that the 49ers going into the Philadelphia last year knew that they were about to carve them up. It's the only way to explain just how disappointed they all were and how confident they were in the shit they were talking. And it it just tells me that that they were ready, they thought they were going to go off in the air. Maybe they thought that and it still wasn't going to happen, but they were confident. They these were some confident dudes they were about to light that up. And now you're looking at at at, at that their biggest advantage, what they feel is is likely going to be their biggest advantage, and that's attacking the Eagles' defense through the air, and that may be mitigated significantly by rain. We'll see. Could go away, but, oh man, rain really changes this game a lot. So before we get to the Seahawks apparently went, or the Cowboys apparently went to for it on fourth and two on the Seahawks' 30-yard line, losing by one. And it was incomplete, C.D. Lamb. So this, the the Seahawks took, uh, turned it over. Geno Smith threw an interception to Deron Bland. The Cowboys got four plays, got to fourth and two, could have kicked a field goal to take the lead. And instead, they went for it on fourth down and didn't get it. I think that's their second failed fourth down conversion in this game. Just your update. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So let's talk about prize picks, and then we're going to get into my for my concerns for the 49ers and the Eagles, kind of looking at them from, from two lenses, from both teams' lenses. We're going to do prize picks. And then we are going to uh, we're going to get to that, and then we're going to get the hell out of here. But the Eagles allow a league worst, like they're not good against tight ends. League worst. They are the worst teams when it comes to passer rating against tight ends. So I have chosen George Kittle to have more than 46.5 receiving yards. Again, the Eagles are the worst team in the NFL when it comes to passer rating against opposing tight ends. Okay, so that's that's my justification for that pick. I also picked Debo Samuel to have more than 11 and a half rush yards total. One, Debo can easily get that on one play, especially if it's one of those patented end arounds. I do think he's going to get probably like, I don't know, five to 10 carries is a little heavy, maybe five to seven carries. So I think he gets more than 11 and a half rush yards. I think the 49ers are going to want to lean on him in a game that's going to be very physical. Debo's a physical player. Uh, I think Brock Purdy is going to throw for less than 31 and a half pass attempts. 31 and a half pass attempts. 31 and a half. Do I have Brock Purdy's statistics open right now? I will not. So we will check with our computer. Okay. Brock Purdy's stats. Let's look at this. Let's take a look. Should have had this ready. But again, I can only open so many times. So I chose Purdy to have less than 31 and a half attempts. Let's count how many times he have had less than 31 and a half attempts. Uh, against Seattle, 30. That's one. I'm just going to go down. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. What if they played 11 games? Ten of them, he had less than 31 and a half pass attempts. So I'm going to stick with that. That seems like an easy one to choose. 
And I also picked Eagles wide receiver A.J. Brown to do less than 73 and a half receiving yards. I think that the 49ers are going to put as much attention onto Brown as they did DK Metcalf, but in the same vein, and, and maybe quite a bit more so, I think that the 49ers are, if they're going to get beat by a receiver, and, and I could be totally wrong, I think it's going to be Devontae Smith, not A.J. Brown. So that's what I'm going for. And and 73.5 is a pretty big number. Now, A.J. Brown's gone way over that before. But as of late, if I'm not mistaken, he hasn't quite been as dynamic. Let's just look at the Brown, uh, the Bills game. In the Bills game, um, A.J. Brown had five catches for 37 yards. Devonta Smith, on the other hand, seven catches for 106 yards. I'm going to avoid that. I'm going to avoid that matchup. So, those are my prize picks. Now, if you don't know what prize picks is, prize picks is daily fantasy sports. You pick two to six players. You pick what stat projection you want to focus on. You know, you can see all of my, my stats are different. I've got receiving yards. I've got rushing yards. I've got pass attempts. Okay. And then I've got another receiving yard. So they weren't all different, but three of them were. So it's daily fantasy sports. You're picking between two player, two to six players. Picking more or less, and you're watching the winnings roll in, right? Um, I enjoy testing my skill on on prize pills, prize pills, prize, prize pills. I don't know what you're selling here, Rob. I enjoy testing my skills on prize picks. I, I mean, I haven't always come out on top, but when you do, it's just it, it has a cool feel to it, and it's fun to play. You don't have to drop huge amounts of money; just have some fun with it. Uh, what I like best, more than anything, is that it's very simple, very quick. You jump on prize picks. You search what team you want to put an entry for. You pick the player. You pick more or less, and that's it. You could you could submit a line. It, it could be five minutes before kickoff. You can think of Prize Fix, jump on, and have a lineup set before the game starts easily. Okay, so go to PrizeFix.com/gold. Use the code Gold for a first deposit match of up to hundred bucks. So if you put in hundred bucks, they're going to match that. You're going to have two hundred bucks all of a sudden. The hundred bucks just coming out of the sky. Whatever you put in, they're going to match it. You just got to use the promo code Gold. And don't forget, that's prizepicks.com slash gold. Daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, let's wrap this up. I went through and I just listed the concerns for each team. What each team, what, what they're thinking about going into this matchup. Let's do another checkup on the on the Dallas game. And it's the end of the third quarter. Seahawks is, are, is currently beating the Cowboys 28 to 27. And they have the ball. Oof. First and six on Dallas's six-yard line. Okay, so where did they get all those yards? He threw a short pass left to Charbonnet for 39 yards. He also hit Noah Fant for 25 yards. Okay. Putting the heat on Dallas. Entire quarter left to be played. So the concerns for the 49ers. Things that are keeping Kyle Shanahan and Steve Wilkes up at night. Can the offensive line withstand the Eagles' front seven? You're talking about a group that is it's not as stacked as it was last year. The 49ers absorbed some of that stackness. But you've got Hassan Reddick that has 88.5 sacks. I said 80, which would be unbelievable. New record. Hassan Reddick, eight and a half sacks. Josh Sweet. Is it Sweat or Sweet? Josh Sweet. Josh Sweat. Man, I don't know. Freaking English. Josh has six and a half sacks. Hassan has eight and a half. Josh has six and a half. Jalen Carter, their brand new rookie, has four sacks. Brandon Graham has three. 
So they've got a nice little front there. Fletcher Cox has a sack and a half, but I, I'm not sure he's exactly going to be playing. Let's let's sort it by tackles for loss. Hassan Reddick, nine tackles for loss. Nicholas Morrow, I think he's opposite Hassan Reddick, um, nine tackles for loss, also three sacks. They're a very good defensive front. And the 49ers offensive line is not that great at pass block. I think they're one of the worst teams in the NFL at pass blocking. There was a graph. Let me see if I can find it right now. Again, we're consulting the computer. Boop, 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 boop. That it was, it was a Brock Purdy stand graph. Here it is. Since week six, Brock Purdy has thrown from a clean pocket the least of any quarterback in the NFL via Steph Sanchez of the 49K podcast. You look at what it's one of these charts that has kind of four quadrants, and Purdy is on the very top left by himself. And what's crazy about this is he has one of the highest EPAs from a clean pocket. But the problem with him being on the top left is that means he has the least percentage of throws from a clean pocket. So Purdy is, 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 (laughs) it's so ridiculous. He is crafting masterful plays from shitty pockets. Okay. That's just what we're going to sum that up as. So now you're going up against the Eagles, a team that is, trying to get after the quarterback that has gotten after the 49ers. And that's, and that's one thing that everybody kind of forgets about the Brock Purdy getting hurt was the 49ers fault. It was the 49ers fault. They lost that game. Now I understand that a quarterback getting hurt in a game and getting sacked quarterbacks get hit all the time. They get sacked all the time. They get hit while they're throwing all the time. They don't get hurt, but that was in that moment. That was the way it was destined to be. And the, it's the 49ers' fault that they blocked Hassan Reddick with the tight end in a very common play. NFL teams do it all the time. But in that moment, it bit them in the ass, and, and they're never going to forget about that. So are they going to be able to prevent that from happening again? Can they keep Brock Purdy upright? Because right now, the 49ers' offensive line, when it comes to pass blocking, is one of the worst in the NFL. And the, the Eagles are one of the best defensive lines at getting after and pressing the quarterback. So. Make those two add up because that's not a great sign for the 49ers. That has got to be their leading concern. Can they keep Purdy upright? The 49ers are going to have to do a lot of quick passes. They're going to have to spread the ball out. They're going to have to get it out to the perimeter as quickly as they can to mitigate the Eagles' pass rush. You're also going to get to see Colton McKivitz versus Hassan Reddick. That was just a, a little moment of silence there for what we may have to see. Also, Geno Smith had a short pass left to DK Metcalf for a three-yard touchdown. The extra point is good. The Seahawks now lead the Cowboys 35-27 to with 14-17 left in the game. All right, we're moving on. Another concern with the 49ers, keeping themselves out of the tush-push range. If they are going to find themselves continually in third and one, fourth and one, third and two, Fourth and two. We can even throw in third and three and fourth and three in there because that play is so damn good. They are going to get tush pushed. Okay, they've got to keep it to where it's third and, you know, you understand third and four, third and five, third and six. It has to be, they have to stay ahead of the sticks or the Eagles are going to push them by the tush all the way down the field. If. They should run that as a first play. Eagles should just come out and do the tush push and see how many times they can do it in a row just just to make a statement. Now, it's not very smart because you're 
opening up your quarterback to just hit after hit after hit after hit, and he's leading with his head. So it's not smart to do that, but you know what I'm saying. Okay, so they have to keep themselves out of the tush-push range. The defensive front, concern number three, the defensive front has got to get after Jalen Hurts without setting him loose. The Eagles' offensive line is, is not that great when it comes to pass protection. My lot of the left tackle or right tackle? I think it's left. I uh, could be wrong. He's not great. He's given up six sacks this season. There's only a few offensive tackles that have given up more sacks than him this season. The 49ers can absolutely get after Hurts, but they cannot let Hurts get loose. That is why, partly why he has 11 touchdowns this year. Partly why he has a running back stat line is because if you give him a crease, you will take it. And that is a powerful human being running down the field. Uh, one thing that people don't talk about enough when it comes to the Eagles tush push and why it's so effective is because Jalen Hurts is, let me see if they got his official measurements on here. He's 6'1", 225 pounds, which doesn't seem like much. But that man can squat like 600 pounds, maybe more. That dude is, is just as powerful as an offensive lineman. Sure, he doesn't have the size, but that man is just as powerful as an offensive lineman driving down the field. So you've got to get after Hurts without giving him a crease to get loose. One thing I've noticed that the 49ers are doing is they almost ask Eric Armstead to just hold his ground. Now, he still gets home every now and then. But they almost ask him to hold his ground because they're so confident that Chase Young and Nick Bosa are going to collapse that thing. And so is Javon Hargrave. But if you watch, when a lot of these sacks happen, even Fred Warner's getting in there, it always looks like Eric Armstead is kind of just posting his guy up and waiting and making sure that he does not create a crease for a quarterback to go running. That could be just be um, you know me correlating the two, and it's just Eric Armstead not being effective on that individual pass rush. But it wouldn't surprise me if they've told, depending on the call in the defensive line, if they've told Armstead, like, look, do nothing but bull rush your guy because we need you to have your head on the quarterback, and if he tries to break through one of those interior creases, you've got to be the man to get him. The 49ers, concern number four, they need to get ahead quickly or they're going to be working against the odds because the 49ers just flat out are not good from behind. You've heard all those ridiculous fourth quarter stats about Kyle Shanahan and coming back being down by a touchdown at halftime and coming back back being down by a touchdown in the fourth quarter. It just doesn't happen. But I I, I don't overreact to those because if you got if you did the there's that crazy stat where Kyle Shanahan is like 0 of 36 if he's down by like seven or more in the fourth quarter. Well, I guarantee you the entire NFL and all the history of time is like 105 for 8,762. You know what I mean? It's just you don't win that often when you're down by seven points in the fourth quarter. But you would think Kyle Shanahan would at least have like one or two. But so the 49ers play their best football when they get ahead and stay ahead. The 49ers are going to need to get ahead quickly so they're not working against the odds all game and putting them in a spot where they they have to get away with what they do, which is run the ball. The 49ers throw the football like it's they're like a they throw like bottom five team in terms of how often they throw the ball. So they've got to get ahead so they can play their brand of football. 
the last concern that I put for the 49ers is does the weather limit the effectiveness of Purdy in the past game? We talked about it earlier. It's very self-explanatory. Is the weather going to come in there and put a stranglehold on what might be the 49ers biggest advantage over the Eagles? And that is the 49ers passing game against the Eagles pass defense. Uh, concerns for the Eagles. If the front seven cannot get home quickly, the 49ers will carve up the center of that Eagles defense. The Eagles are not good at defending the middle of the field. Their linebackers are not good. They are horrible against tight ends. The 49ers will be happy to carve the the Eagles up, pun intended, Thanksgiving-ish, I guess. They would be happy to carve the Eagles up if they if they – and if that front seven can't get home, if that Eagles front can't create consistent pressure on Brock Purdy, they will get carved up because that's what the 49ers do. That's what Maryland does. What did you say before that? You guys know. The, the Eagles, can they stop the 49ers rushing attack and force a pass-heavy game? Now, I know you're thinking, Rob, you just said the, the 49ers would love to pass all over the Eagles. It doesn't work when that surprise factor is not there. The 49ers are all about their motions, their their play actions, their RPOs, their disguises. You know, none of that stuff is effective if a defense is ahead on the scoreboard and they're just sitting there going, "We know you need to pass." So we don't care. You can run the ball if you want, sure, but we're not worried about that. Run the ball. We're going to stop it, and then we know you're going to need to pass on third and long, and then we're going to come after you. So the Eagles are going to be focused on stopping that run game for the 49ers. Easier said than done. The 49ers in, in, in what's the best way to say that? In opposite fashion of their pass blocking, they are one of the absolute best rush blocking, run blocking offensive linemen in the NFL. So the Eagles are going to want to stop the run. Are the Eagles good? Let me let me consult my base numbers. Yards per carry. The Eagles are 12th, right around four first down percentages, touchdowns. Yeah, the Eagles are just okay at stopping the run. They're not bad. They're not bad. So the 49ers are going to want to get that going. We all know that, though. And obviously, the third concern for the Eagles is they're going to want to not turn the ball over. The 49ers are the absolute best defense in the NFL, especially through the air at forcing turnovers. The Eagles cannot get into that matchup. They cannot get give the 49ers easy opportunities to score and Jalen Hurts I wouldn't say he's turnover prone but he's had some interceptions I don't know how many fumbles he's had I'd like to see that number as well let me see here all right so he he has thrown he's like I said he's thrown 18 touchdowns but he's also thrown 10 interceptions that's not great they have his rushing statistics down here no not really let me see. I'll just click on the basic stats. There you go. How many fumbles? Where's his fumbles? He also has three fumbles. Okay. So Jalen Hurts has turned the ball over 13 times. Okay. That's significant. And if they do that against the 49ers, they're going to be making the 49ers jobs easy. They're going to give the 49ers short fields. The 49ers are going to feel confident in their pass game if that starts rolling. And they're easily going to move down the field and score. So I guess what you all are sitting there probably asking yourselves, um, Dallas got a field goal. The Eagle or the Seahawks now be, are beating the Eagles 35 to 30 with 11.23 left in the game. Another update. Do I think the 49ers are going to beat the Eagles? That's what I was going to say. Do you think, do I think the 49ers are going to beat the Eagles? 
it's hard because like I said in the beginning of this podcast, I don't feel like the 49ers have earned the respect of traveling across the country and beating, you know, one of the NFL's, if not the, the, the best team in the NFL and a team that has proven to just match every opponent they go against for the most part, except for the Jets. Uh-huh. I think the fact that the Eagles have been through the absolute ringer as of late, you're talking about an Eagles team that over the past two weeks have has played like 180 snaps and the 49ers may be at like 100-ish. You know, the amount of football the Eagles have taken, something's got to break. They've been like outgained. And outscored and all in three out of the four quarters. You know what I mean? It only matters to the fourth quarter, but they've just been bruised and battered and beaten. And I'll say this: I think the 49ers will beat the Eagles. There's a there's a part of me that thinks it might not even be close. Because eventually the dam's gonna break for the Eagles. You know, they've they've had so many things go their way. There were so many officiating calls against the Bills that were obviously bad that went for the Eagles that may end up helping the 49ers to kind of, you know, the officials are going to review the calls that were made in the Eagles games last time, last game against the Bills. And so that may work in the 49ers' favor. I think the 49ers win a close one. You're talking maybe like 28-24, 28-21, something like that. Um, But what they can't do is they can't go – into the Eagles with more rest after what the Eagles have been through and just put on a shitty performance because then no one's going to take the 49ers seriously. Nobody should take the 49ers seriously as a real postseason threat because you're talking about the same team that laid a goose egg early in the season, losing three in a row and, you know, talked all kinds of shit as, as to what was going to happen the last time they lost to the Eagles in the NFC championship game and being super salty, which I understood. And people just kept asking them and asking them and asking them. Of course, you know, and every time they answered a question about the Eagles, Eagles people would respond with, why do they keep talking about the Eagles? Which was just stupid to listen to. But one thing the 49ers, if the 49ers go into the Eagles and they lose a close game, then, you know, whatever. They, they've proven that they're among the teams that can, that can hang with the 10-1 and 1 Eagles. But we're also going to talk about, yep, I told you, the Eagles find a way to win those games and the 49ers haven't yet. But if the 49ers go in there and kick ass, they win a close game, then that gives you that edge to the 49ers, that slightly rough exterior that can go to a harsh environment and find a way to win. Or if they go in there and kick ass, they're just going to be considered far and away the NFL's best team and that's it. But if they go in there and they 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 not like lay an egg in terms of like a zero, but if they go in there and stink it up with a shitty performance and you know, then you're right back to thinking about this team like after they lost three in a row. You know, so a lot is on along the line for the 49ers. The 49ers need this more than the Eagles need this. They are two games back in the in the hunt for the number one seed in the NFC. If the 49ers don't beat the Eagles, they they can pretty much kiss the number one seed goodbye. Even if they beat the Eagles, that pulls them within one game. They then have the head-to-head tiebreaker, and then they would need the Eagles to drop a game to somebody else. So I'm going to pull up the Eagles' schedule again just to see. I know that they got the Cowboys coming up, which, again, after the Eagles this stretch, including the Niners, it wouldn't surprise me if the Eagles dropped one to the Cowboys. It is an away game, too. So you've got the the rest of the Eagles' schedule at Cowboys, at Seahawks. Both of those are formidable games. They're not they're not shoe ins. Um, a home game against the Giants, a home game against the Cardinals, and then an away game against the Giants. 
So I could easily see the Eagles winning out. And if the 49ers beat the Eagles, they're not gonna they're gonna need the Eagles to drop one more game. If the Eagles drop one more game and the 49ers beat the Eagles, then they are the number one seed in that moment. But that also requires the 49ers to run the table themselves. So there's a lot more riding on this game for the 49ers than the Eagles. It's not to say that the Eagles aren't taking it seriously. They heard all the shit the 49ers talked. Hassan Reddick said, look, after all that crying, now it's time to line it up in our place and we'll do it again. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, for the 49ers, this is much more of a must-win game than it is the Eagles. But then again, I don't think there's any love loss between these three t- two teams. And I think they're both going to want to want to get after each other pretty handily. That's just just a basic football mindset, you know. It's it, it just because there isn't necessarily, you know, they don't have to win this game doesn't mean they don't feel like they have to win this game. So, all right, that's my take. Hopefully, I didn't piss any of y'all off with my 49ers haven't earned this type of respect against a team like the Eagles yet. We'll see if they do uh, on Sunday. Uh, no matter what, you guys will hear me back on here. Uh, I will be on here Sunday evening and we will, uh, we will do our takeaway time. So be on the lookout for that tweet. And then that will be published the same as always Monday morning. Appreciate you guys. Um, again, prizefix.com slash gold use promo code gold. And that will give you a hundred bucks space, uh, a hundred bucks up to a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. All right. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to another episode. Um, but for now, I'm Rob, this is Striking Gold, and we are signing off. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.